Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3. We are live on the Fightful Overbooked YouTube channel for another edition of Degrassi Dudes. I am back once again with the Spinner Mason to my Jimmy Brooks, Steven Jensen. How you doing this Friday morning, sir? As always, tired, but looking forward to the show. And today we have a pre-recorded interview, so... People are going to get to hear what we talked about this past Sunday with Not a Vampire. So and this is I'm excited for this. And as we were talking before we got started here, today is HBO Max Day for Degrassi. So a lot of people are about to be talking about this show that probably weren't before. Um, just remember that we were here doing this months before uh, it was even announced that there was going to be a reboot. Um, so stick with us. Uh, and hopefully more people find the show because I think a lot of people are going to be talking about I'm um, talking about Degrassi soon. And yeah, Avery Salmon in the chat. I uh, Salomon, I should say. Um, yes, I saw you on Twitter. Always good to see you. JJ, what up? CM, what up? Bordu, what up? Bam, what up? We got a bunch <laughs> of people here today. We appreciate it. All, you doing, all man? A couple of the regulars, a couple of new faces. We love to see it. We love the growth. And as Degrassi gets more popularity or more people re-watching it or watching some seasons for the first time, you could tell them the best thing about watching Degrassi on HBO Max is that you can come Friday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time here live with Jensen and myself to talk about some Degrassi. And you guys kind of lead the topic on most on most of these for this special one we let our special guest not a vampire choose uh this this topic which was on one of the more crucial characters of season 12 and on campbell saunders and like i've said i've said this the last two weeks and i'll say it again not a vampire definitely go out of your way to check out her content she is amazing at in-depth conversation and just very thoughtful uh videos on like this makes you think about certain characters like uh zoe from the later seasons and she was gay all along or fiona from uh season 10 she was gay all along she does a series on death in degrassi so she does a series on relationships Relationships that could have happened and she creates the story on how they got together so like I, I, we say it in the interview and i'll say it again this is a person that we're going to have on more than once for sure how did absolutely. you think Jensen? yeah yeah absolutely unquestionably uh vamp is going to become a part of this show uh on, on a somewhat regular basis of, of some kind like, i don't know how often we'll be able to get her uh you know it's, it's tough sometimes with people's schedules and stuff to do it often but she it sounded like she had a good time doing it and we loved having her on the show. So like, I am more than happy to have them on really almost open invitation type situation. Like if they're free and they want to come on, I'm, I'm good with it every time. It, it's, it's rare to come across someone who like has, who is in as deep or deeper than we are on this stuff. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I've been in contact with a former Degrassi character that we both, know and love and hopefully they will be joining us sometime in the next couple of weeks i gotta follow up in like another week about that but i've been in pretty constant communication with a pretty awesome guest potentially um but this person is also very busy uh right now because they're doing promotional work for the you know the hbo max and the reboot of the show and all that stuff but 
we are planning on getting you some 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 people from the show soon. Um, so I'll uh, <clears throat> uh, next week we won't be here because there's so much wrestling with uh, you know the collective and super card of honor and all the WrestleCon stuff. And I mean, there's, there's just so much going on in the world of wrestling next week that we won't be here for the grassy dudes, but then the following week we'll come back, hopefully either with that guest or talking, maybe, uh, I don't know. We'll come up with another topic, but, um, oh, we can let you guys decide. Once again, you guys had some great suggestions in our comments when we requested that before. Let us know if you're watching on demand in the comments down below what what topics or what characters, relationships, whatnot you want us to discuss on the next episode of Degrassi Dudes. We also, you know, me and Jensen, we met through the world of wrestling media, and we always like to like have a little bit of representation of wrestling media on here, and we've both been talking to a wrestler plus as a wrestling personality to come on the show who we have shown that they are Degrassi fans. So we're going to have a little bit of crossover. So we got a couple of different guests in the running that are, are going to be on the show. And you can see that this Degrassi community is growing as it moves to HBO max. So happy HBO max to all of uh, HBO max day to all of you. I know we've been suffering without Degrassi on YouTube, but mm. now we have a place where we can watch it again well it, it's still on pluto as of right now but i don't know how much longer that'll last like i think it might still be on tubi but see that's the funny thing about this is like it's been available for free for a while and i feel like this nobody knew that because everyone's getting like all excited about hbo max and i'm like we gotta actually pay for hbo max like it was for it was free like this whole time it just nobody was really paying attention but us it seems like um <clears throat> there was a Oh, oh yeah. Also, it's so funny because my my brother, I, I've brought your name up a few times recently, and it's funny because when I bring your name up, my brother goes, "SP3, oh HBO Max, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That. That's why, that's why I know that name because <laughs> he sees your name on the, you know, on the thing. So yes, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love, just love the fact. I, I said, I think I said it on uh, either on Twitter or I said it to Will yesterday when Will introduced me on uh, Day After Dynamite talking about AEW Dynamite. He popped me from like the moment talking about it because he didn't bring up any of the wrestling content I do on True Hill Heat. Any stuff I do on Believe, it's, you know, all the other places I've been on, Wrestle Talk, whatnot. He's like, you do a lot of content, but the first thing he wanted to mention is that his wife is a big Degrassi fan. <laughs> like, that awesome. popped me. That popped me so much because he was like, he thought of us when she said that. And, you know, when they first got together, she was talking about when Drake uh, first became like a rapper, like, oh, that's Jimmy Brooks from Degrassi. I've been following his career since the start. I was like, yes, that was us. Yeah. I was like, I was just the guy version who was like, oh, Dr oh, uh, Aubrey Graham is a rapper? Man, that's wheelchair Jimmy. I don't, yeah. I, all I'm going to think about is Rick shooting him in the back when he raps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, that's so relatable because, yeah, we we went through that exactly. And, and it's funny because, like, Jimmy, on the show, it seemed like his flow was just kind of, like, off or he was, like, figuring it out. But, like, it was good, especially, but, like, when you, when you retroactively go back and watch it, now after all his all of his success you're like oh like okay no he's always been really good like because he formed that style so long ago but when it was happening on the show it was just like well that's kind of cool that like jimmy's trying to rap like it's pretty good but like it's it sounded a little different you know now it's become yeah. like the sound in music which is so crazy <laughs> um 
but uh but yeah i uh i i i think it's pretty hilarious like there's so many people i think that are about to get into this show or get back into it again i mean even uh there's other people in like wrestling media that i've told you about that like are interested in this and like they want to come on the show and it's funny because i've had people hit me up on twitter that aren't even wrestling fans that are like dude degrassi and i'm like if you watch Degrassi news, but you don't watch like any of my wrestling content, I'm like, that that's awesome. Like yes. that's so awesome. You you, you want to pop me instantly? Tell me that you know me from Degrassi news and yes. talking about Degrassi, not in wrestling, because I do a hundred different wrestling shows and podcasts. And this is this is the one where even my my wife is just like she she likes the fact that I'm able to just talk about something that's not wrestling. Because she was like, even she was like, you talk about wrestling so much, and you send me the links. For all this stuff, I'm just sick of it. I don't want to hear about it anymore. <laughs> she, you know, you know, it's it's not a secret. I've said it on True Hill Heat. I'll say it here. My wife works for WWE, so she's kind of like she likes to have that distance from the business because she actually works in it. So she's like she doesn't want to hear about it so much. So she enjoys, even though she doesn't really like Degrassi, she enjoys the fact that I'm able to have this outlet. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, that's just it's it's awesome because it's it is so different from like what we normally talk about, and it's like uh, I love the crossover audience here of like people that like wrestling but are also watching this, or especially the people like JJ there that are in the chat always that like started watching the show because of the podcast, and now they're now they're fans of the show of Degrassi dudes as well as the actual Degrassi uh, program, yeah. um, and then also just the opportunity to meet new people that have nothing to do with wrestling like just people that are just fans of degrassi that have that have wanted a podcast about this or didn't even didn't even know they wanted a podcast about this and now they're like man it's great that there's just people and it's also like we're two guys that are like so we have like a different perspective that most most of the youtube channels i've seen are usually female when they're like when they're talking yeah. about degrassi um and so i think that adds to it also because we're giving kind of a different perspective maybe on it and also we don't take the show too seriously. Like there's a lot of serious topics. And like today is one of them talking about Cam Saunders, but we can have, I think, entertaining conversations, even if the subject matter is like kind of dark and heavy. And, um, and like I said, it's just, it's, that's super rewarding to me when somebody hits me up and they're like, I just started watching the grass because of the podcast or like, Hey, like I found out about the podcast, like, and like they follow me on Twitter or something and like, they have nothing to do with wrestling. It's like, they strictly like me because of this, which I, I, I think is cool as hell. Like the more the merrier. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and like, like we keep saying, we have some pretty cool guests lined up. It's just between, between the guests that we want that were actually a part of Degrassi, they're obviously busy once again because of the reboot and because HBO Max and promotional stuff now. And then the other people that are interested in wrestling, it's like the busiest couple weeks of the year right now for yeah. them as well. So like it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be hard for a minute to get that like lined up and locked in. But today, that's why we pre-recorded with Not a Vampire because we wanted to make sure we got them on the show no matter what. And we have like a, it's like an hour and a half long conversation, so it's gonna be. That's what me and SP3 were talking about before we went live is although we won't be here next Friday, we're giving you like almost like a double episode today. So, um, <coughs> so I hope y'all enjoy it. I, 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 I freaking love this conversation. 
Yeah, this was this was like I did not expect the conversation to go that long. I I literally told my my missus I was like this is gonna be an hour because I was like you know with uh with Kate with uh Amanda we kind of went an hour talking about time stand still and now that's a two parter that's a two part episode and we went an hour with it so I was like oh you know it's just gonna be an hour conversation and then we we went you know hour and a half a little bit extra plus with uh talking about cam because he was in 20 different episodes but there was just so much to talk about in each episode that he was featured in because his storyline is so important so in depth and i love that you know vamp gave us like the perspective of someone who really was discovering degrassi at that time and she has a very high view for season 12 and this is not a season that you know a lot of our viewers are are accustomed to a lot of our viewers stop watching in like season six, season seven, season eight, season nine. So this is a great conversation. I got to also shout out CM in the chat because CM, I, I love her being in the chat because even in, she follows, you know, true Hill heat and she's usually in the chat over there in the live chat. And she's always bringing up, if she sees me in the chat, she'd be like, Oh, Degrassi dudes. We got <laughs> later on on true Hill heat. We're premiering uh, Serving Face and Heels with Stephanie Hypes and Chrissy, Miss Chrissy Love talking about women's wrestling across WWE and AEW and beyond. And she even said, she was like, oh, my God, I get I get women's wrestling on True Hill Heat and Degrassi News. I was like, I was like, that was one of the best comments because it popped me so much when she said that. She was like, this is like the double whammy. This is a great Friday for her. So we hope you enjoy this in-depth conversation about Campbell Saunders. It's a lot of uh, sensitive information and uh, topics that we do discuss because Cam is um it's basically a story about a person who deals with suicidal thoughts and as a tragic ending so if you know you are if you are kind of triggered you know not to use that word lightly but well, it, are, is a, it is a trigger warning just yeah, a heads up yeah. like that there there is going to be very sensitive subject matter during this it's a fairly lighthearted conversation for the most part but like there is some really serious stuff in here um but yeah but if you've seen the show you know kind of what to expect out of this conversation but if you don't know who this character is it it yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up, though, SP3, because I think it is the right thing, because it, this does, the topic of suicide and depression is is very heavy throughout this. So if, this, if that's something that you don't want to, uh, want to kind of vibe off of this morning, like I, I, this might not be the conversation for you, but I think most people will, will enjoy this, so... Yeah, and just to highlight one last comment from CM because this is—I feel like this is like the main thing with me and Jensen why we created Darcy Dudes. Uh, she's CM saying if what y'all are putting out is great, I'm in, especially Degrassi because no one was watching when I was. I think that's how me and Jensen both feel. We're getting out. 15 years of like not being able to talk about Degrassi with anybody else on this show. Yes. It's almost like, it's like coming out of the closet for Degrassi. Like, <laughs> like, like we've liked this our whole lives and we didn't want people to know because we were embarrassed by it. And now we've just completely leaned, leaned into it. Like we don't care who knows and we're happy to talk about it. So, um, I think that's the best way to live too, man. Like when, when it comes to this, wrestling is the same way. Like yeah. wrestling is literally the same way it was with this. Like, you know, I just kind of started talking about that publicly more, more like before Degrassi, but exactly. it was the same kind of thing. Same as that kind of feeling where it's like, I grew up a wrestling fan. Everyone thought wrestling was fake and stupid. And like, I was an idiot for watching it and it just lame or whatever. So I used to like 
when I was younger, like people would bring it up and I like wouldn't get in the conversations and I kind of like watch it by myself and all this stuff. Same kind of thing as Degrassi. And now all I do is talk about wrestling and Degrassi pretty much. So like, um, that's a, a lesson to anybody watching this, like enjoy your life, enjoy the stuff that you, that you like. And, you know, we saw it with Scott Hall recently. So many people had this outpour of like, just love for Scott Hall when he passed away. And it, and, and I get a little bummed out when I see that kind of stuff sometimes, because like, we should always be celebrating the people that we like, and we should be doing yeah. it while they're alive and while people can appreciate it. So like, put your stuff out there. Like if you like Degrassi, dude, it's hilarious. When I, when I reached out to this person, I keep talking about to come on the show, this Degrassi person was like super pumped. They were like, you do a podcast about Degrassi. That is incredible. Like, yes, I am in like when I have time, like I am going to be on that. And so like, you know, if you're into stuff, go out there and support it and talk about it. And, you know, I wish I would have, I wish I would have been talking about Degrassi publicly for the last 10 years because we, this this thing might be huge right now with all the Degrassi yeah. fans that we found out have been just out there and not known where to go for their fandom. So like, um, so yeah, I, I'm totally with you. Like we we are we are unloading over a decade worth of of pent up wanting to talk about this. And luckily, me and you found each other through our love of the Mighty Ducks, and then <laughs> found out that you know I was posting about Degrassi and you were commenting, and it's like. I thought like maybe we were both like a little into it. It's like, no, we're both on the same level of being like, obsessed with this show for so long. So like, you never know who else, who else is out there that like you would totally, you know, have this common interest with. So yeah, it's awesome. I love doing this show. It's great. Yeah. It's like, like I said, like I, I said it on Twitter and I'll say it here. Friday mornings is my favorite because I do so much wrestling content and I love wrestling and I love talking about it. And it's something that I actually can make a living off of and, you know, provide for my family with. But the most fun that I have is Friday mornings with Jensen talking about a trash reality television like 90 Day Fiance and the NBA and then Entourage and South Park and then coming on here with Jensen and talking about Degrassi and all the other shows we've talked about on this. If you check out the archive, we've had conversations about Bel Air. We've watched the Bel Air trailer together. We've talked about so many other things, but just Friday mornings, just talking about anything non-wrestling and learning that other people are like us and have that love for things outside of it even though they are on the fightful overbook youtube channel because it is a wrestling youtube channel so we don't get the massive amount of views that the other wrestling content gets but the fact that we have loyal viewers like cm jj border dude uh bam we got avery in the chat you know you guys are like the life sports and things i don't see him but he's another one that's one of the favorites that's always in the chat the fact that you guys come week after week to watch this we it means the world to us and the fact that we get other content creators who we both enjoy like not a vampire who after our whole conversation was just like well you have the most unique way to talk about Degrassi that was just like you just made my heart grow two times larger thank you so much <laughs> yeah no it's it's that's super true and that that's the thing also we're like um yeah I mean we're on a channel that's mainly about pro wrestling so like it, it it's it's a strange like it, it it doesn't make any sense right like we're talking about degrassi on this channel that has nothing to do with degrassi and 
that's part of it too. Where like when I when you see like the viewer count and whatnot, I never get like discouraged about that because it's like we aren't a Degrassi channel. But the fact that we have this many people watching based off of a wrestling channel is really uh, exciting for me because if we can get people to come watch our stuff on a platform that has nothing to do with Degrassi, I think that's a testament to like the show must be pretty good, or at least or at least Degrassi fans must really enjoy this because. It'd be different if me and you started from scratch and we were on some channel called Degrassi Dudes or whatever, and it actually yeah. was branded as a Degrassi thing. This is more of like, we're two guys who you might know from like wrestling media. So it makes sense that we'd be on a wrestling channel, but we're not talking about wrestling. But I, so it, it's, it's an interesting thing and it's always kind of like an experiment, but I think it's working pretty well, man. Like, and like you said, as long as we have the, these loyal viewers that keep coming back, even if something were to happen where like overbooks was like, yeah, this, this isn't working out or whatever. We just move the show somewhere else and y'all can just follow yeah. us over wherever we go. So I don't think yeah. it even matters where the platform is. We'll just, we'll keep doing this regardless. So absolutely. Some of y'all are from when we were just on Twitch with like yep. four or five viewers for the entire, like a whole week would go by. We only have four or five viewers, but y'all guys would be so active in the chat and we appreciate it so much. Like that's why I shouted out CM because she was with us at CC on Twitch and now she's here. So, so yeah, we appreciate all the love and appreciation, all the comments on social media, you don't know how much it means to us, but let's get into yes. this interview, this chat uh, about Campbell Saunders with the amazing Not a Vampire. Jensen, you you can put the video up or give it an intro. Why not? Yeah, so we pretty much got an intro pretty good there. So yeah, this is me, SP3, Not a Vampire. Um, we have, uh, I did it. I put her YouTube channel description or in the description. So Great. if you want to check out her YouTube channel after this conversation, go support her, hit the subscribe button. I think you're going to love this conversation. Um, and it'll be about an hour and a half long. So me and SP3, I'll, I'll run the video and we'll be back here um, at the end of it just to wrap the show up. Um, but without any further ado, hope you enjoy this. Uh, please let us know if for some reason you can't hear the audio um, or something like that. Or actually, as a matter of fact, let me know in the chat, like once I start this video, be like, yeah, the audio is good. Like we can hear it just because I'm going to walk away from the computer for a minute and I want to make sure it's working before I am not looking. So here it is. Me, SP3, not a vampire talking about Campbell Cam Saunders. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3, back again alongside Steven Jensen. And we have a very special guest for this edition of Degrassi Dudes, one of our favorite content creators when it comes to going in depth on Degrassi, not a vampire. We definitely going to have the description in the description, her, her link for her channel. Uh, Amazing work, honestly. We are such big fans of yours and happy to have you on Degrassi Dudes. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here and I'm very excited to be here too. I've seen a little bit of your stuff and I really like it. We we appreciate that. We 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 try to have like so when we started this show, it was a few months before the reboot got announced. So we kind of had perfect timing on like already just being big Degrassi fans because we're both in our early 30s, so we're the same, around the same age as a lot of the characters, and we watched the show, like, as it was airing back in, like, the early 2000s, 
And then over the pandemic, we both got really, really into it again because like we had so much free time and it was like on all like the different apps and stuff. Um, so it's uh it's one of those things where like our our show's been pretty fun to do because you know, calling it the grassy dudes and everything. Two guys talking about the show that like we were like ashamed to even say we were a fan <laughs> of, you know, 20 years ago. Like our, we didn't we didn't even want our friends knowing we were watching this show, and now it's like we're just kind of out there being like, if you like this show, we want to hear from you because we love this show and we're really, really glad you could join us, Vamp. We really appreciate it. I'm so glad times have changed. Like, oh, I wish stuff like this would have existed back then. I wish there wasn't like the stigma of like, oh, you like Degrassi? Yeah, right. are, you, are you sure you're not a girl, actually? <laughs> exactly. Like all the teen dramas, it was kind of like that. Like if you, like I even yeah. discovered a couple of my friends were like OC fans and One Tree Hill fans, and I never told anyone I was watching all those shows. Like... Uh, well, my personal opinion, you chose the good one. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did to have a, a real podcast on where we could go in depth. So we're very happy to have you on. But you know, for anyone who isn't familiar with your great work over on your channel, kind of tell us how you kind of got into Degrassi and started watching the show. Yeah, so uh, it actually started way back in like m the summer of my freshman year. Uh, they were showing, I don't know if it was probably current then. Yeah, uh, they were showing uh, just on TV uh, the Degrassi Go Hollywood movie. And I caught it at my uh, cousin's house because I was house sitting and I was like, oh, OK, that's kind of interesting. And then I started uh, high school and a friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, I really like the show uh, Degrassi. And uh, they came over and we'd watch it sometime. And then I, like that was in the start of season 10 and that's when i really got into it and i've just been coming back to it on and off over the years it was like uh in college when i started having these thoughts like wait a minute i kind of have opinions about this show like and starting to write them down and like seeing other people on youtube talking about their opinions and that really put the bug in my head for years later you know maybe i could like do a youtube thing about degrassi I love I love the fact that you kind of just went for it and started talking about it like 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 we told you like we kind of were nervous like when we found out each other were fans that's when we were like okay maybe it's okay <laughs> to start talking about it so the fact that you kind of put yourself out there I I admire you so much oh thank you I think I was really empowered by just seeing other people take like their niche uh interests like comic books like musical movies like a lot of uh what like uh, like linkara like them putting their specific interests out there and being open about being interested in these things i think uh, that really inspired me to do it with degrassi and not really think huh maybe it's a little weird that i'm talking about this teen show as someone who hasn't been a teenager for years that's part of the thing too like you're kind of like nervous like uh, can i still relate to these things oh, or still gosh. i still like remember right. like yeah. how it felt to be that age and like like we said we kind of were watching it as we were going through any yeah. everything and i know uh jensen i've just uh you know got him connected with your channel was there anything like any video or something that stood out to you that you want to ask vamp about i mean i'm interested in really all, like all this stuff like just just the uh honestly what i think is most interesting about the channel is just kind of the perspective you take and like the deep dives and kind of just like analytically breaking down so much different stuff because 
when me and SB3, at least for me, when, when me and him started kind of talking about the show and doing the podcast and stuff, a lot of it was out of like, just kind of not necessarily making fun of the show, but just kind of tongue in cheek, like little things that were really funny to us. Cause like there's so many episodes and so many seasons and so many characters that there is a lot of cheesiness on the show as well, but it's like fun. It's like a guilty pleasure to watch. But then there's these other, these other topics, like you going into characters, like basically breaking down certain characters that like so-and-so was actually always gay. And this is why. And I so, love and, that like, series. right, right, and like, uh, like, 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 in deep diving into like Cam's suicide and all, and like, because yeah. there is really, really heavy topics in this show, and there's a lot of different ways I think people can look at these topics, and then some of these topics age really well over time, and some of the topics age poorly over time yeah. as well, um, because they tried to be super progressive as far as like getting into a lot of topics that people weren't really talking about, especially in teen shows back then so so like sometimes i i it's like admirable but then sometimes they kind of miss the mark a little bit and i think that um i think your channel just does a really really great job of like breaking down just really interesting aspects of the show oh i'm glad like i'm always afraid that i'm just the degrassi cheerleader just ignoring any faults of it and like you said like it tries its best but you know everyone's got flaws i I think uh, the reason why I come at it the way I do and not talk too much about the more uh, silly aspects of it is because I relate strongly to most of the shows, even still like, and I still have like uh, memories of uh, being that age. And then also I think uh, for the most part, like the characters are so well written to where they're like actual people and like you can understand the through line of like well uh fiona was introduced into the show this way but then suddenly she's gay and suddenly she's all this i think uh, it's well written enough to where the writers like have an understanding of where they can take the characters that still fall into the realm of believability and i think uh I think uh, looking at it that way and trying to see why is it this way rather than, huh, why is she just gay? That's the perspective I try to come at it from. And then also just trying to empathize, like what would lead someone to make the the choices that they do, no matter how cringe they are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that a lot that, that you do that. And, and one of the, one of the topics that you have, um, and actually the first episode, <clears throat> first uh, YouTube uh, video of yours that I watched was the, um, the addressing the elephant, uh, the race problem episode. And yeah. that I, I really liked you had that up there because me and SP3 have been talking about that almost every show that we do. Like we kind of, it started off once again, almost kind of as a joke. We're like, they kind of made the people of color like secondary and like yeah. they never really had a whole lot going on. Even Jimmy like didn't really have a whole lot going on until he got shot. Like he was just kind of mm -hmm. like Spinner's friend and, and him and Hazel only kind of seemed like they were together because they were both people of color because yeah. they didn't really do anything with them and they didn't really have anything in common because once Jimmy kind of learns he's more into art than like he, he gravitates towards Ellie and, and stuff. So I thought it was great. You made that video. Cause not only did it kind of reaffirm that like, we were kind of like, we, we were kind of right about the stuff that kind of we thought. And there's a lot of other fans apparently that felt the same way we did. So it's good to see other fans kind of putting this out there and being like, you know what, there is these little things. We all kind of recognize a couple problems here, but like you did a really great job of like explaining 
what we were kind of trying to talk about all this time. So. Oh, that's good. Cause that was a very hard video to make, especially as someone like, you know, honestly, I'm white. So I have, Same, exactly. I, I come <laughs> at it from a, a perspective that won't, well, isn't as versed in like understanding all the nuances of this topic, but I still felt like I had to say something about it. Cause again, I often feel like the cheerleader of Degrassi. So I need to be honest, Hey, the show that I keep talking about how great it is, it's got some issues. Yeah, and I, I love it as a like an African American fan of Degrassi. It's something that like initially, like the first episode me and uh, Steven Jensen did, we did like a whole uh like character tier list and we kept putting the kind of the black characters like in one section, like they could have done better. They yeah. could have done better, they could have done better. Like I I like have a connection with so many of them, like Jimmy. i it was cool, like they represented basketball and kind of the interest that I had as a kid, but when you really really like take a step back and look at the whole series they really don't flesh out the character until he gets shot and then yeah. with like liberty she's very one-dimensional and it's great that you have this kind of established character who's never really changing that much but then they add death to her when she goes through like a teen pregnancy and it's all these kind of tropes and stereotypes that is kind of about the african-american community where they don't really flesh out the character really until they do those type of stuff and even someone who i really like in the latter seasons is connor I, I wish they would have done more with Connor because Connor was the one that gave me like the most joy in like season 13 and 14, his relationship with Jenna. Oh, like those gosh. were some of the best moments in those latter seasons, but they never took it to like the next level and added a lot to it. And I love that you addressed a lot of those things. Oh gosh, Connor is kind of a tragedy because like he started out so strongly he was introduced in like a season eight and then going through season yeah. 10, like, or no season 12, like uh, he was just such an interesting, interesting person to watch. And then like season 13 through 14, it's like, well, Connor's basically solved, I guess. Like there's just that one uh, moment uh, with him and Jenna, with him not wanting to have sex with Jenna and Jenna not being sure how to feel about it. And then that other episode where Jenna doesn't know how she feels about others being interested in Connor and what that's going to do to their relationship. It's like, that was good stuff. Where's yeah. the rest? Exactly. I, I That's why I love your video. Connor is the asexual icon <laughs> because I really didn't know what the term meant until I really watched your video. And I was like, yeah, Connor is kind of asexual. And I'm like talking to my wifey, uh, my uh, my significant other, where I was like, kind of like some of the stuff, like you're kind of asexual. I was like, this is kind of like, it's really blowing my mind of that like the, I've met people that are, that can be defined as asexual. And they really, your video kind of opened my eyes to that. Oh, oh I'm glad, especially because <laughs> most people don't know what asexual is. Like, I didn't even know what asexual really was until I started asking, hey, am I asexual? <laughs> you, you kind of need like these kind of genres and these shows to kind of, it kind of lets you kind of look at life in a different way. And I love that your mm -hmm. kind of videos go in depth with it. But one thing that I do like and don't like about your channel is that you okay. go against the norm a lot on the opinions of the grassy fans <laughs> and of course we've got to bring it up because I, I said i was going to bring it up when we had you here the relationship that we despise one of the relationships we despise the most me and jensen is spinner and emma and you're the one 
who made an entire video saying it's not that bad. So we want to hear from you directly. Why are you saying the one of the worst relationships in Democratic history, in our opinion, is not that bad? So I'm sure I I will have said it more eloquently in my video because I'm sure that was scripted. So, but uh, in an unscripted way, it makes sense because of where Spinner and Emma were in their uh, life development, life stages, uh, growth stage, whatever you want to call it. Because Spinner, he has firmly decided that Toronto's his home. He doesn't want to go anywhere he doesn't want to have like these big ambitions he just kind of wants to live life like live the simple life you know he's happy with his job at the dot uh and so that means he can't really pursue like he can't really run after jane even if he wanted to uh and then emma she's also coming to that realization this whole go away to college thing that's not really what she wants she wants to be home with her friends and family maybe she'll go to toronto university to continue her bigger education goals but she wants to be home and so with that like they're kind of at a point in their life where maybe settling down is an okay option and maybe they're, they're open to the idea that maybe this person who i've never considered romantically before is right for me because everything else i thought that i wanted in my life is wrong yeah it, it, it was i i totally get where you're coming from and and i think that sp3 dislikes this a little more than i do like i i'm, I'm just confused by it a little bit from the from this perspective of like it just happens so out of the blue and they just like it goes from like spinners feeling down because he found out that jane had cheated on him and it initially is just kind of like Jay and Manny bringing Emma along just to kind of like keep them company. They can go gamble, have a good time, take Spinner's mind off this stuff. It was kind of more like, more like Jay just kind of do something nice for Spinner. Like, and then Emma just like falls deep for him. Like, like all of a sudden it's just like, I do anything for you. I want to spend my life with you. And I get it. It is a lot because of what you were saying though. Like, because they do have the similarities in both wanted to stay in in like their hometown and and yeah. and all that stuff but it was just kind of strange how it all just happened so fast and then they had all these opportunities to like undo it and like that was awkward too because like they're ta they're talking in spinner's place and they have a really awkward conversation where they're like we don't really have to do this tomorrow and they're like yeah you're right we don't really have to so what are we doing? I don't know. I got to go. And like Spinner's like, what just happened? You know? And like, so like, but, but then they just go through and, and, and all it took Spike and Spike and Snake are pretty rational people throughout the show. Most of the time they do have their faults and they do mess up a little bit throughout the series. But like, that was another thing too, is like Spinner just like shows up with flowers and they're just like, wait, you're marrying Spinner. And, and all it takes is her being like, I really wanted to be able to walk us down the aisle. And they're like, okay, we're in. Like, that's cool. We're fine with it. I was just like, this all just happens so fast. Like, what's going on? Oh, it does. And I'll be <laughs> honest, like, I I come at it from a point of like, well, here's how it could work. But honestly, I don't think it really makes sense either. I honestly don't think they would have stayed together that long. Like, maybe it would be kind of a fluke that they... Like, maybe they accidentally end up being the two perfect... Like, the couple to end up together. But... It really doesn't make sense. And I kind of think uh, Spike and Snake kind of come at it from a point of like, I guess to make Emma happy, but what? Right. 
<laughs> it's like, wait, you've quit college. Now you're marrying Spinner out of the complete, did, complete blue. What's going on? Like, are you okay? Down, she burned down the dot as well. Wasn't that yeah. like the whole thing? Yeah. Too? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's yeah. how Spinner realizes, like, he's like smashing stuff in this dot after it's already been destroyed. And like the landlord or, or boss or whatever comes in and he's like, he's like happy about it because he's like you know the insurance we're going to get off of this mistake is like this is going to actually help us in the long run like good things happen from mistakes and spinner's like good things happen from mistakes i have to go marry emma and like just like runs off yeah it's a sign he had the the epiphany what odds there's like 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 justice said i'm probably a a little bit more adamant against spinner and emma because like you you kind of addressed it in your video as well is that it takes away two couples that were very liked by the fans and i was a huge proponent that spinner went through a lot of different girls darcy uh page i love the him and page relationship but i felt like him and jane he felt like that was his match and to kind of have that robbed away and the the asset you you also bring up the assassination of jade in season nine was just oh i i will never get over that as well and then we always held out hope that sean would come back from the military and get married to emma so the fact that those two relationships had to end to bring spinner and emma that's probably why i'm so adamant against it it's like i think it is it's not without outside the realm of possibilities that jane would cheat but I just wish it could have ended differently. Kind of like, well, kind of like uh, what happened when uh, Maya k- kissed uh, Zig, how Cam reacted like, well, you still chose to come back to me. I wish that could have been what happened with Jane and Spinner because they were so good together. They were so, they were basically don't, domestic at that point. Like yeah. why why'd they have to just break up? They went like three through through three seasons, and that's an eternity on Degrassi. Like it is <laughs> like most uh, couples, they'll get together during one season and then break up the next season. That's just how it goes. Yeah, and like even like the the one I just brought up, Sean and Emma, like they they get together in season one, break up by the end of season one, get back together at like the end of season two, break up at the beginning of season three, and then they get back together in season six. They're broken up by the end of season six. So it's just like they had, even though they are one of the most loved couples, their runs are never that long together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but. You bring up a particular name there, and we got to talk about that person, Campbell Saunders. Uh, you've done some great videos on the Cam character. Me and Jensen have brought up. Jensen, it's just really watching season 12, and he's one of those characters that just stands out. For a person that was just in season 12, I think he has one of the most impactful storylines, so I'm very happy you kind of chose him to talk about. But what kind of drew you to kind of... uh kind of go in depth about cam um in general i guess it's because i relate to cam i've definitely felt most of the things that we see him going through and feeling and i guess i feel like i have to explain sometimes why it made why the writers who love this character so much to where they almost decided not to have him kill himself in the end like why they decided to go through with the story and like help explain that it kind of had to happen this way, not only to educate the viewers, but also to help really depict this part of life and existence that 
especially at the time, did not get a lot of screen time or really understanding because it wasn't too long ago, uh, like uh, uh, way back in the 90s with uh, Claude's death in Degrassi High, where people view suicide, well, that's selfish. That's like uh, somehow an attack on the other people around the person. Well, it's not quite that. And Degrassi kind of, it, it was in a position where it could, so it kind of had to show that's not what suicide really is. Yeah, I, I I thought that like what made this uh this particular character in Suicide and everything like even more uh, kind of impactful for like for me as a viewer and I think for people just in general that maybe you know watch this show is I really like I, I say like obviously I mean this as like a fan I don't like the fact that he has committed suicide in the show obviously but but they his character is that of like a star hockey player who like the girls like and like this thing where like he has everything going for him it's different than like the rick scenario where he gets like shot after like he tries to do the school shooting and he shoots jimmy and all that stuff and like you 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 understand why rick has gotten to that spot because of like the bullying he's gone through and he's like a giant loser at the school but like cam was like the like a star athlete and like good looking and people liked him and like so it was like it was interesting seeing them take a character and show that side of like mental health and depression and stuff from the perspective of like it doesn't really matter if you're well liked or if you're like great at this sport and stuff you know or i shouldn't say it doesn't matter but it it the mental health can have, yeah what I, what I really mean by that is like mental health can really affect anybody no matter what you think from the outside looking in and i thought that he was an interesting character to do that with because he, he was a guy who seemingly had everything going for him but still had the you know the mental health issues mm-hmm. exactly and that's one of the reasons why i'm glad they chose this character in particular to do it with because like as shown through the show and through cam a lot of the stuff when you're in that state, a lot of the stuff around you almost doesn't matter. Like it affects you and it affects how you think of things. But at the end of the day, the thing that like, there's this like a shield over your perception that kind of blocks out most of what other people would consider makes like, Oh, your life good. Like you can only then uh, like, it's a shield that only lets you see the small specks of bad and make it seem like that's the only thing that's there yeah yeah it was rough too because like all the signs were like there for a, a minute too like yeah. he was kind of like he was basically kind of crying for help like for like a while and it just kind of kept being like his parents just kind of telling him to get back out there playing hockey and like things will get better and stuff but like he's just like suffering the whole time and then he finds like some other like he like maya like he's like super happy with her when they're like at like the photo booths and stuff and and like it's yeah it was just yeah, it was, it was, a. this was one of the, like the head, I mean, the, in, a, in a show full of heavy scenarios, like this was like definitely one of the heaviest. I remember feeling really, really sad when I was watching this all, because you could see it, like you could see it coming, but like, you're hoping that he's not, it's not going to happen that things will change and turn around. But then when it actually happens, you're like, man, I wish someone would have stopped this from happening. Like, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and like as much as I like being able to like talk about this and like praise the storyline honestly 
whenever, like, uh, if I'm like bouncing around uh, going through episodes of Degrassi, I have to just completely uh, block out Bittersweet Symphony Part One and Two just because it just, oh, it is so, so t- too much. Yeah, it's one is probably one of the heavier like two parters, and it's kind of appropriate. The last time we had a guest on, we talked about Time Stand Still, which is a very heavy two parter as well. But let's get into kind of Cam's kind of timeline on in season 12 of the Grassy. Uh, he's introduced in Come As You Are. Uh, we can kind of like see him briefly uh, seen standing in the parking lot of Degrassi with the rest of the hockey team on their first day of school. Uh, he is later seen at the school assembly with the rest of the hockey team as well. Gives you gives you hell is kind of like the real first episode where he's kind of given a role and we kind of see what his story is going to be, who's the characters that are going to be a part of his story as well. He is seen in French class with Tristan and Maya uh, being placed in their group. He says that because of hockey practice, he is lacking a French credit, which explains why he is in a class with all freshmen. The next day, he adds Maya as a friend on face range, but not Tristan. Uh, Maya leaves her face range open, her face range page open in the library, which Tristan uses to his advantage to talk to Campbell without him knowing it's Tristan. Campbell uh, begin began to like Maya from the, from the first time they met, making him excited when he got a message from her on face range. So I like that kind of they introducing kind of this fun story because a lot of the storylines with like Maya and like Tristan and Zig and Tori at this time are kind of like the fun because you're kind of just getting introduced to them as freshmen. How did you like this kind of introductory storyline with kind of a a soft love triangle of Tristan having a crush on uh, Cam, Cam having a crush on Maya and Maya kind of being indifferent in the whole situation? Oh, I thought it was perfect. I thought it was the perfect way, not just to start Cam's story, but also like introduce him as a person into this pre-existing dynamic because we know who Tristan and Maya are. And like, so we need to somehow integrate Cam into this group of friends because they're like them playing off each other is going to make up most of Cam's story. And then not only that, but they also use this as an opportunity to develop and also see Tristan trying to figure out how do I do the gay dating thing? And then how do I like, like struggling with his own identity and also his feelings and also feel like feeling like he can't be honest about it because he's gay. Yeah, I really enjoyed like Tristan's character at this point. Like you said, kind of just kind of discovering himself, how he's going to range. And this kind of adds to his story because this is kind of his first crush that fails. And it kind of becomes kind of the stigma with Tristan. I know, Jensen, you're kind of more familiar because you've kind of, these are fresh in your mind because you've recently watched these. What did you think of like the Tristan, Maya, Tori, Zig dynamic as they're introduced into Degrassi? I mean, it, yeah, it's just interesting. And, and it's just one of those things where I've seen the first whatever it is, like 10 seasons or so of Degrassi, like up until the Manhattan movie, I've seen I've seen those so many times. So like, I'm so I can I can almost go like line for line on like all so many of those episodes. So when I saw sorry, start, when I started watching the newer episode, when I say newer, you know, the the seasons kind of we're talking about, to me, it was just kind of like a 
this kind of like a big reset almost in my brain because I'm like, these are all new characters. I don't really have any attached to these characters and it's like a clean slate. So this was me really like learning who each of these characters were. And uh, I will say, I called the Miles and Tristan thing like, I probably like everyone did, but I called that so much earlier than it happened. I was like, dude, Miles and Tristan are going to line up together. I know it. Um, so this was uh, like kind of me getting in, getting in, you know, familiar with these characters. I think he called Miles and Tristan way before I did. I did not even consider them possibility until uh, it happened. Uh, really? I, I, I started seeing it a little bit. And then once they started like actually like kissing and stuff, I was like, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. I knew it because they, because they never pulled the trigger. We talk about this on the show often. They never pulled the trigger on Marco and Craig. And that was something that like a lot of fans, including some of the writers apparently did almost put into the show. Um, So that I feel like they kind of, took the idea that they might have had for Craig and Marco. And that was kind of what we wound up eventually getting from uh, Tristan and Miles. So this is, yeah. this is kind of how I look at it as like a fan, I guess. But I uh, mean, the baseline was there when in doubt, kiss Craig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of the great lies. One of the great lies. And then Dylan's said. in the background, like. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I love I love that uh, like Tristan was just just a different kind of gay character that they presented because Marco was kind of kind of shy about coming out of the closet and he was kind of had you know Ellie as his kind of beard for a while then you get Rally who's kind of like hates himself for it right. and then and then we got Tristan who's fully accepting it from the moment he comes into Degrassi but he still has to kind of maneuver himself around so they kind of if you look at those three characters they're kind of all different but have that same similar trait to them but I love how they did the Tristan character all together and introducing him as well oh yeah it's, it's like Tristan's a different generation of gay it's very different from when Marco and like you said even Riley was introduced like now it's like well it's acceptable to be gay but like going through high school you still have the issue of okay how do I date but now also how do I date when gay Exactly, exactly. And that kind of they kind of flesh this out kind of in the story with Cam here. So getting back into uh, gives you hell at lunch, uh, he Cam goes over to to the group and talks to Maya and, about loaning her uh, his lost season one DVD, because she supposedly mentioned it in her chat with him. But it was actually Tristan. Uh, Tristan sends Maya signals to play along and she agrees to Campbell's offer for the DVDs after Campbell uh, returns to his hockey team. Maya encourages Tristan to go to talk to him and Tristan nervously approaches the table where Campbell jokes at his expense to impress his teammates cam knows that if he had let tristan sit with him his team would mess with him uh, for sitting with a gay kid campbell is later seen standing with his hockey team at the pep rally as well as a slide for him uh, is seen on screen and later in the hallway he apologizes to tristan and maya saying that he's a long way from home and that the team is all he has he hopes that they don't think he's a jerk and he walks away and that's when tristan kind of tells maya he needs to keep talking to him he needs to me <laughs> so what did you think of kind of like the end of a kind of gives you hell with tristan's point of view yeah uh, it's one of those situations where it's like you know why the characters are in it but it's also like as someone outside of the situation the obvious answer is tristan you have to tell him maya's right you have to be honest 
But I think, uh, like, when we're looking uh, specifically at Cam, uh, especially the instance in the lunchroom where he j uh, pokes uh, jabs at Tristan uh, to get him to go away, I think that really, what's the word, uh, lays the baseline explaining why he's going to later on value the opinion of his teammates so much and how they're going to have so much kind of control over how he feels about himself because he's a long way from home and all he has are his teammates. Eventually he'll end up with Maya, but he still relies a lot on his teammates because they're effectively his family. Yeah, you're really right. Like that just it's a kind of like a small little line at the end of the episode, but it really kind of tells the character traits of Cam and kind of gives you the starting point for where he his character would end up. What did you think, Steven? Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I did I forgot that when like when he's communicating with his parents and stuff, like he's always doing it like over Skype and like stuff on the computer. Like I, I forgot that he, that he was removed. Uh, he, he didn't have family there. I had completely forgotten about that actually. So that's a really, really good point that not only is he, not only is he kind of battling whatever he's battling mentally, like he doesn't have the support system of his family right there. And he's heavily relying on his relationship with his hockey team. Cause that's really all, really all he has like physically around him for for any kind of support so that that's a i'm glad you brought that up because i'd actually forgotten that his parents weren't around during this yes so we go into gives you hell part two he uh cam joins maya and tristan in class and gives maya advice on her audition quote unquote for the school play which was actually what tristan and cam were talking about on face range since he does not he still does not know that it's tristan he is talking to throughout the rest of the episode he thinks he is supporting maya for her audition when it is, it is actually tristan cam gives tristan great advice which inspires him to ace the audition later when tristan lands the lead jules he sends a message to Cam about the news, but while he is on Maya's account. Uh, Maya and Tristan are about to go to class when Cam approaches them, congratulating, congratulating Maya about her lead role in the play. Maya then says she never tried out for the play. Both her and Tristan reveal the truth eventually to Cam about how Tristan was impersonating Maya on Freight Strange because he was afraid to talk to him. Cam tells them that they, were, they will never be friends and walks away hurt and upset on what has happened uh it's kind of yeah like you like you said like from the outside looking in this whole whole time in this two-parter you're just like Tristan just be honest just tell him because when it eventually does it, if he would have just been honest from like early on at least in the first part of this episode maybe he wouldn't be as upset and and hurt as he was at the end here oh yeah the, just the deeper they let the lie go the worse it's always gonna get like and I gotta say it's amazing that cam was open to hanging out with these people after what happened <laughs> right. yeah i agree that that's that's a real strange scenario i don't know how i'd feel about that if i was like like wait a second that was you the entire time that i was talking to online like what the hell oh, yeah, <laughs> it's cool. like oh i come to this school and is this a are these the kind of people that come go here they just lie about who they are okay great <laughs> yeah. 
Great, great setting setting the standard for Degrassi here, Maya. Interesting. <laughs> so we move into uh, "Say It Ain't So" Part One, where Maya invites Cam to sit with her and her friends during lunch. Cam looks like he's about to accept the offer when uh, Dallas drags him to the hockey team's table and laughs at him for even thinking about sitting with girls. Uh, Dallas invites Cam to hang out after school with the hockey team, but Cam says he has to Skype with his girlfriend ba from back home. Jamie. Although Dallas is okay with Cam not joining them, Luke makes a comment saying that Jamie is a guy's name. Uh, after school, we go, uh, Cam is practicing hockey, pretending an audience is watching him, chanting his name. Dallas walks in and Cam admits to him that he doesn't have a girlfriend back home. And Dallas says that the hockey team doesn't bite, but Cam says they kind of just make fun of him. Dallas tells Cam that he's hanging out with them after school tomorrow, the day before a game and then after school the next day cam and the hockey team are at the mall and cam tells them i was on the basketball team back home until they made me pick between it and hockey then dallas tells cam to use his hockey stardom to pick up a girl so of course he chooses the wrong girl as uh dallas tells campbell to try to pick up bianca uh bianca uh, cam goes up to bianca and tries to impress her with the fact that he's a future nhl player and he will make millions however bianca isn't in press and when cam goes with his the best pickup line that he can muster up which is you want to get out of here and go get some sex oh yeah <laughs> bianca oh, throws yeah. her water in his face and leaves and cam is left feeling depressed oh. while he being soaked in water and doesn't know what to do with himself oh it's cringe it's so cringe oh my god it like I, like I said, the wrong, the wrong girl to come up to and the wrong line to go with. Let's go get some sex. Oh my god. Is she with like Drew or anything at this time? Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. That, that was I was like, I knew she was with someone. Yeah, yeah. He's at the mall waiting for Drew to get off of work because he works right. at the cell phone place at this yeah. point. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> what did so... you think, Bam? <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it really establishes Dallas as someone who doesn't think he's doing anything wrong but you know obviously he's got a lot of faults i mean he knew that bianca was dating drew he lives in the dude's house <laughs> like uh it it really sets up his dynamic with cam and then also that you know the hockey team's his family it's all he's got while he's here in toronto while his family's in some other part of canada but also he doesn't really have them because they treat him like the rookie. Like they yeah. treat him harshly. I mean, especially cause he's so good at hockey. So it's like, he really doesn't have anyone. And he's also kind of being uh, persecuted for wanting to branch out his social group outside of the hockey team. Yeah, he he just wants to kind of hang out with other people kind of outside it and kind of really make genuine friends outside of what he believes is like his family, which is the hockey team, his like adopted family while he's in Toronto. And they just set him on the wrong course every single time. And I didn't even think of that point, man. You made a great point. Dallas knows Bianca. Like, yeah. like why? <laughs> I, uh... I, there was a, a it was just on the tip of my tongue um oh i just lost what i was gonna say darn it i just had something I, i'll come I'll, I'll i will definitely i'll oh wait wait no now i remember i remember around this time thinking and this i thought this was gonna head more into like a 
like a high school musical type scenario than like a suicide type scenario at this point. Like I thought this was just going to be like a kid who really wanted to like sing and dance and like hang out with other people. And like, it was just going to be a story about him, like having the courage to quit hockey. Cause like he didn't really actually like hockey, even though he was good at it. Um, so this kind of took like a hard turn once I realized what they were really doing with this story and being like, Oh, this is way deeper than just not liking hockey. Like this is a, a real real thing but i remember just thinking that around this time like that it was i i really thought it was just going to be more about him just trying to find new friends and realizing he kind of like jimmy like eventually jimmy realized he didn't really love basketball anymore he loved art so like he yeah. kind of moved on to that i kind of felt like that's where this was heading and it wound up being a lot a lot deeper and darker than that but that's just kind of i just remember thinking that around this time well, yeah, and it makes yeah, sense but... you thought that because uh, the promo for the season, Bite Your Tongue, like they had a basically Romeo and Juliet like a setup when they were like uh, doing the preview of what Maya and Cam's story was going to be for that season with uh, the different characters. Like they, they see each other like Romeo and Juliet, love at first sight, and then they're pulled away from each other by other characters. That's what it, the, I, I like uh, what you're uh what you're comparing it to like it seemed like it was going to be the jimmy type setup where like he realizes what he really wants and then goes for it and that's one of the most painful things i just rewatched uh the episode that we're going to come to later just before you know cam's unfortunate uh end where he has that moment where like that should have been i don't like, I don't like uh, hockey, therefore I'm done with hockey, therefore I'm going to make my life better. But it doesn't go that way. It should have been what Jimmy had, but it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into uh, Say It Ain't So Part 2, where uh, Cam is in the lunch line between Mo and Maya. Maya starts talking to him, and Mo makes fun of the four-leaf uh, clover boxers uh, that <laughs> that Cam has on. Uh, Mo then calls him out uh, by saying that he could use the luck on his, box on his underwear for his next game. Maricel goes along with it and laughs with Mo. Uh, Maya then chimes in and tries to stick up for cam uh but he snaps at both of them telling maya to mind her own business later he unknowingly finds himself in the girl's bathroom splashing water on his face and then bianco walks in and asks as if pa cam is stalking her and threatens to tell uh simpson <laughs> cam looks around and realizes that he is in the girl's bathroom and he claims to bianca that he is lost and we've got a run-in from my daughter here in the yes. background <laughs> you on a regular part of the show here yeah, say hi. Say hi, hey. everybody. Hello. Say hi. hi. <laughs> Good job. Good job. No, you can't take the mic. <laughs> little little Degrassi fan in training over there. Exactly. She used to watch it when she was a baby with me. Aww. When it was at the beginning of the pandemic, when I when I was binge watching again, she watched it and she used to love the theme song. But <laughs> what did the you original the original theme song? Like not yes. like the yeah. They they had some bad theme songs like throughout the years. Their original theme song was great. <laughs> it was it was it was great uh so yes he he claims to bianca that he is lost and he is stalking her cam uh stops bianca from leaving and begins crying about his problems and he expresses how his hockey team hates him and about being homesick so bianca stops concerned about cam and confused as to why he is so sad bianca tells him that high school sucks and he should spend time in it with people who don't suck <laughs> 
Uh, Cam takes this advice to heart, deciding to hang out with people like Maya, who actually make him happy instead of only the hockey guys who just stress him out. And at this moment, what neither neither of them know is that his this small piece of advice saves Cam's life. If it wasn't for Bianca, Cam would have continued to spend all his time with the hockey guys and probably would have ended his life a lot earlier than he did. And Cam walks out of the bathroom feeling a lot better than he did earlier now that he has this advice on the bus dallas invites cam to sit in the back with the team but cam refuses and sits in the front and listens to music with a smile on his face so before we get into the latter half of this of this episode with kind of cam kind of really taking the advice into hand what did you think about like this small little moment where this kind of really shows the growth of bianca who comes in as this like real villain in in season 10 breaking up the little the little puppy love between uh between drew and ally and now you've kind of seen her growth from everything that happened in season 11 and how she's able to give that advice to cam what did you think about that Pam? oh i i loved it the thing i was actually thinking of how uh she grew from responding to adam being trans uh to now like like immediately in that case uh when she found out about adam she responded in disgust and i have to do something about this thing i don't like whereas now bianca like she has the immediate reaction of like cam being in the bathroom bad but also she has the maturity to stop realize that it wasn't on purpose and that this kid's in distress and could use some advice instead of just running to simpson yeah and and it also kind of highlights like i know from like myself like like the the position that cam's in when it comes to this kind of stuff is like when you're feeling that down already, just like in general, and then just the little things like the boxers, like the clover, the clover leaves and stuff like to most people, they just kind of like laugh that off and brush it off and be like, Oh, okay. You got me wearing some silly underwear, like whatever. But like, when you're already feeling that down, it's just like, Oh, that's just another thing they're making fun of. It's just another thing. And it just, you can never, it just, so it was good to see Bianca, like lift his spirits in their in their talk and make him feel better and help him decide to that he is going to make some new friends and 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 uh try to approach uh high school a bit differently but that's just another one of those signs where it's like the things that to most people the things that that cam is kind of getting poked fun at like most people i think would just kind of like brush it off and like laugh along with it but because he's already dealing so deeply with the mental health that like even just anything just makes it even worse and worse and worse. He's just trying to like get out of this hole. It seems like. Oh yeah. And like, I'm sure if you asked Mo at the time, like he would have expect, I think he expected Cam to like roll with it or uh, like kind of laugh along or something else. He went, he probably didn't like, we know Mo, he doesn't really do things to hurt other people. So Cam responding the way he did, it really shows how little mental fortitude he had to deal with uh what appeared to be criticism against him right yeah and i think this was at the time too where they were kind of telling that kind of side to mo that he's always just looking for people to laugh like he's just trying to make people laugh he's looking he's looking for the same type of acceptance that cam is so he didn't really mean anything by it but like he's like you guys have really established that this is the kind of the mind state that cam is in he's just like feeling it's another thing they're gonna make fun of me about but 
taking the Bianca advice at uh, little mistakes at the end of this episode, Cam is sitting with the hockey team and his teammates praise him by uh, letting him get one of the last pieces of pizza after the game. Uh, Maya walks in and Cam immediately gets up to go apologize to Maya about his behavior. She forgives him and teases him about his four-leaf clover uh, boxers, but reveals that she is also wearing four-leaf clover panties. Uh, Campbell uh, asks if she would want to hang out later and Maya accepts. So then we go into Waterfalls Part 1. Maya is in class when Cam walks in. She stares at him until Tristan and Tori try to get her attention. Tori sees uh, Maya writing a song called Jersey Boy. Then Tori asks about her and Cam. Uh, Maya tells her that Cam asked her out. And Maya asks Tristan if, it's, if he's okay with it. And Tristan sings that his new love is the musical, uh, Romeo and Jules, and that he, she should go for him. Uh, Maya then later asks Katie if she can drive her to the mall, and Katie asks if she has a date, and then Maya tells her it's with Campbell Saunders. Katie, who doesn't approve of the hockey players at this point because they just kind of uh, destroyed her whole garden on the roof, uh, she thinks that the hockey guys are all bad news. So Maya tries to tell her that Cam is different from the others, and if she ever met him, she would know that. And Katie agrees to drive her, but she is going to be chaperoning them on their date. Uh, when their movie is over, Maya asks Cam if he liked the movie, and he said he liked the, the best friend, which made Katie ask, ask him if it's because the best friend was the womanizer. And Katie starts to ask Cam a lot of questions to Maya's dismay, embarrassing her. So Maya distracts Katie and runs away with Cam into a photo booth. While the two of them are in the photo booth, they talk about their siblings and how they did crazy and painful things for them. Uh, Cam tells her he misses his brother and reminisces about when they used to play hockey together when they were little. Cam shows a very soft side to, to himself that Maya has never seen before and tells her that this is the most fun he has had since he's been at Degrassi. And Maya tells Cam that she has a secret too, but she tells him something a little less serious and silly. Maya's secret is that she doesn't like hockey, and Cam replies, me neither. This leaves Maya and the audience confused as to why he doesn't like hockey, beginning the real mystery of Campbell Saunders. And the two, the two are looking into each other's eyes, clearly enjoying their night. And then Maya tries to kiss him, but Cam chickens out and tells Maya that Katie is probably looking for them as they leave. So this was a very telling conversation here because that, that just two words kind of really just opened all the audience's eyes to everything when Maya says, I don't like hockey, and Campbell replies, me neither. What was your reaction, Vamp? Uh, I, I wish I remembered my immediate reaction to it. Just, I, I think I watched these as they're airing, so I no longer remember. It, it was just such a sobering moment in an episode that it was so fun. It was so reminiscent yeah. of like uh, early Degrassi Junior High or like uh, season one, season two of Next Generation, where there was a lot of these silly, just regular school life moments. And then all of a sudden, oh, oh, Cam is miserable doing this thing that everyone loves him for and the whole reason why he's here oh oh yeah yeah exactly and, and i remember thinking too like that this was gonna be 
so like this is also just feeding more into like the whole high school musical thought process that i had because right around this time it might have been the same episode maybe just after where like he i think he actually stops i think he starts skipping hockey to go do like karaoke with them and stuff yeah Yeah. um so like i remember thinking like he I had a lot of hope that he was kind of gonna he was gonna get out of his funk at this point. I was like, okay, he's got the girl that likes him. He's kind of admitting he doesn't like hockey. Like that, we might this might be like the first step of him like leaving the stuff he doesn't like and then really diving into the stuff he does. And maybe he's gonna turn this all around. Like so, I remember being really really optimistic about Cam at this point. Yeah, yeah, you just wanted him to have a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. At this point in High School Musical, we saw like uh, Troy moving away from his uh, high school, his uh, basketball buddies, but it was okay because it was for something that was good and that worked out in the end. So that's the expectation you have. Exactly. So this is, it's tough to kind of go as, as we go along with this whole story, because this is kind of, kind of where that kind of, it's, it's a, you see the light at the end of the tunnel and then it kind of veers left. So we go well, there. Into- there's one particular moment that I know you'll get to, but there, and then we're all probably on the same page. There's one particular thing that happens when he's in the locker room. When I was like, this is yeah. going to get dark. Like, oh, yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's downhill from here, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but the glimmer of hope is what uh, Jensen was talking about earlier. So we go into waterfalls Two. Maya is sitting uh, on the front steps of Degrassi, looking at the pictures of them from the photo booth. Maya talks to Cam when he, walks by and gives him the option of uh, where to go for their next date. Cam suggests the garden and Maya agrees. Later on, they're at the garden and Maya has a buffet of food set out for them. And while they eat, Maya asks him about his hockey career. Cam seems a little disappointed at the conversation because this is kind of kind of the influence of Maya's friends kind of talking about hockey because, like she said, she doesn't really like it. But Maya uh, is so like nervous about trying to impress Cam. She accidentally uh, spits juice on him. Cam gets up and says he'll go change his uh, shirt and then they stand there awkwardly in front of each other as she leans in to kiss Cam Maya gets a mouthful of Cam's ear uh, when he turns the other way (laughs) Maya steps back and tells him to to break a leg at the at his game and then Cam then walks away this is like the beginnings of Maya and Cam were so cute and innocent it's like you don't think this is gonna get dark like it does no, that's so precious. Like, ah. I completely forgot about him kissing his ear. I, com- I did but too. That was, oh, that was so cringy. And- There's so much cringe here, but it's relatable too. Because like, I was like that in high school. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was too, like, when you like had a chance to like kiss a girl or something, like every now and then, like, yeah, it just, it's it just awkward, you know, like, and that's, man, that's funny. <laughs> So later in class, Maya is texting Tristan and Tori about her date with Cam. Uh, Tori and Tristan laugh at Maya's sarcastic text about how awkward the date was and get caught. Madame, uh, Madame, who's the teacher, uh, takes the students' phones and reads aloud the messages of Maya's fear of those millions down the drain. <laughs> she makes Maya, Tori, and Tristan recite the test in French, which humiliates Maya. Cam is very embarrassed and upset 
upset by the text. And when the bell rings, he walks out of the room in a rush. Maya follows him and says she's never had a boyfriend before. She doesn't know how anything works. And she she wants him to like her. He then tells her that he thought she actually cared about him and not the fact that he was a hockey star. So he walks away, leaving Maya distraught. After school, Maya's in her room playing the cello when Cam walks in and tells her Katie let him in. Cam takes control because he feels that he needs to get a point across. Cam takes Maya's cello out of her arms and lays it down next to them. He then gets down on one knee and explains himself. Cam tells Maya about how nervous he was and how he has never had a girlfriend either and doesn't know how to be in a relationship. Maya is left speechless as he then leans in to kiss her and they share their actual first great kiss marking the relationship's true beginning so like i said this is the the it was like the light at the end of the tunnel and then we're about to get very very dark but anything to say about their first kiss between cam and maya just aww, <laughs> that, that's it like oh this it's perfect it's uh, young love <laughs> It's it's very precious. It's very rem like you said. Like it reminds me of like the early season one of the Next Generation with Sean and Emma on their first date. These really beginnings of Cam and Maya really are reminiscent of that. Oh yeah, it just perfectly captures what trying to do romance, especially at that age, is like. Because no one gives you a handbook. It's just like okay, you're supposed to date, then eventually get married, have kids. There you go, perfect. Have fun, and you're like okay, but. What about all the in between? <laughs> uh, it was it, it was so good. I wish I wish they could have had a happier ending. Yes, absolutely agree there. But like I said, it's getting dark now. So we got Rusty Cage Part One. So the Harky team isn't letting him uh, forget, uh, letting Cam forget about his past few games that haven't gone too well, but he feels he's in the zone. In their newest match, the Ice Hounds are close to winning, but he tries to finish the game on his own and he ends up letting the other team win. The next day, he talks in class with Maya, Tori, and Tristan, who all think that Cam needs a break from hockey and invites him to karaoke night at Little Mistakes, but he has practice and can't miss it. He is later then seen uh, at Skyping with uh, Skyping with his uh, mom and and tells her that he's homesick and feeling badly about hockey. He can't seem to uh, to play very well and doesn't know what's wrong with him. His mom tells him to stay positive and stay away from the dairy, which always makes him sick. He gets to practice and overhears the rest of the team making fun of him. Dreading another night on the ice, he drinks an entire jug of milk and makes himself throw up in the change room, ensuring that he can uh, get out of practice. He tells his team that he has the, the, the flu but he heads straight to for little mistakes instead of home and he tells Maya that practice was canceled and Maya is, is of course excited to have a singer a singing partner he is terrified to sing but Maya gets him to open up and the two have a great time singing uh, in the name of love and Cam is actually a really good singer by the way just had to mention that <laughs> uh, um, unfortunately someone videotapes their performance that's Tori that's that's what Tori does. And the Ice Hounds see it. Uh, the coach skated the, the 
uh, skated the team hard for an hour, and now they are going to make sure that he gets the same punishment. The team watch as Campbell uh, practically skates himself to death, and when they finally decide he's had enough, Dallas stops him and he collapses on the ice. In the change room, he is seen sweating, extremely tired when, when Dallas talks to him and tosses him a Gatorade bottle to hydrate. When Dallas leaves, Cam has another breakdown, tossing his equipment and to notice a large cut on his hand. It's like Cam doesn't notice what he does until he calms down. And after he notices, he covers it with a towel and to stop the bleeding. And this scene kind of really foreshadows what is going to come in the end. So what did you think about this first part of Rusty Cage here, which is kind of like the, the eye opener of where they're going with this story? Yeah, this is really the point where it's like, if you haven't been picking up on stuff, him with the cut in his hand and how he looked at it, like he wasn't like immediately concerned or like, oh my God, what's happening? It's just more just like, just sort of observing the moment. That's the scariest part to me, at least, especially having been somewhere like that. Cause it's like, it immediately tells you something's very wrong. And if you hadn't noticed by this point, now you've got a hint that, things are not okay with cam it's not just that he hates hockey and that he's homesick there's a lot more going on yes and I, i'm glad you brought up the milk because i remember him having the excuse of being sick but i forgot that he made himself sick with the milk yeah. and then i remember before he cut before he got that cut on his hand maybe it was earlier in that same episode it was it was either that episode or maybe the episode before but i remember there was a, a, a scene where he's in the locker room and he's just like looking at the blade of the skate like in and i remember like degrassi doesn't just like do that stuff like they they always they'll 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 drop hints about things and then like it's just a lot of foreshadowing going on on the show and i remember him like really looking at the blade of his skate for a minute and thinking like that skate's really damn sharp like i wonder if this is something that's like maybe hinting something for later and then like I said, later that episode or, or shortly after is when this happened where he, like, he threw the skate and then he gets like cut on his hand. And like you were saying, Bamp, like it was like, he like looks at it almost like it, the reaction I would have is I'd immediately be like, oh my God, I can't believe like, and I'd like go wrap it up and go tell someone like, hey, I just like, I got to get this fixed. Like I, it, it didn't freak me out. And he just kind of like soaks in the moment. And you're just like, oh and I immediately start thinking about Ellie immediately when I see something like that. I'm like, is he going to start like using his hockey equipment to hurt himself? Because like, he just realized like he might, like, I, I didn't know how to digest it, but it was like, he wasn't, he wasn't freaking out about it in the way that most people would if that happened to them. So it was definitely a big red flag. Oh yeah. And then I think, I can't remember if it's the next episode or a couple episodes later, but we see him like, uh, respond to another stressful moment in the uh, locker room pressing his skate to his hand but like kind of suggesting that he's going to go down the road of ellie but then like uh rejecting that because like we see that even that's not helping cam like he's not gonna like go down the road of ellie because hurting himself isn't making him feel better so that leads to the question of what will make him feel better if he gets right. that point and, and that's another good point too is like that i remember seeing that it was like that that next uh time that you're talking about where he puts his hand on the blade and i remember 
I remember when I watched this the first time, I looked away from the screen because I was like, oh no, like, oh, I can't watch this. And then he doesn't do it. And I was like, okay, now I'm really confused. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, we're, 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 we're getting to the kind of the, the, the dark, the darkest parts yeah. here, but that was, yeah. yeah, that was, that was a real, that was, that's what I was alluding to, by the way, I'm sure you knew, but like what I was saying, like when the sort of, the stuff started happening in the locker room was really when I was like, oh no, like this, this really isn't good. Yeah. And I gotta yeah. say, they did a really good job of it. Like, again, as someone who's kind of been there, like that's like, they really captured that experience well, both of like responding to the after effects of hurting yourself. And then also when that doesn't work, like, oh, it, it is so good. I don't think they could have done it better. They do good, a really good job of kind of like, you see kind of the steady, uh, like, how things progress in his mind. Uh, so we go to Rusty Cage 2. Uh, KM is seen with Maya in the media room examining uh, his plays from the last game. He then comes to a conclusion that he should play right ring instead of left. Maya thinks that this is maybe a good idea, and Cam knows that the coach might not approve because he's a rookie. So Cam thinks of axing Dallas, who's yelling at Luke and the twins for dangling off the balcony, which is another foreshadowing moment. Uh, when Cam approaches Dallas. Dallas says he'll see and walks away at the game that night before Cam hits the right wing. Luke threatens him, saying that if Cam makes them lose, he'll make his life hell. Cam notices Maya and Tristan and starts to smile. The game begins and Cam is going strong. By the end, the game is tied 2-2 and Cam makes it a goal, uh, making making the game 3-2 and winning the game for the team. In the locker room, Dallas and Cam are about to leave when Dallas surprises Cam with the press. Obviously, knowing that he has Stray's fight, he invited them uh, anyway. <laughs> like It's like, you, you should know Cam by now. That this is probably not what should be done, but uh, Cam doesn't speak. So Dallas, grinning, goes outside to speak to the press. Cam, inside the locker room, has a panic attack like we established. Obviously, knowing Dallas's plan, and he grabs his skate and almost cuts himself before set, setting it down. The next day, he skipped uh, school and stayed at home, making Maya worried. Uh, She kept texting him at first, joking with him about skipping, then getting to the point when she's asking if there's anything wrong, then he would tell her. Uh, Cam is sitting on his bed reading his text. He's looking He's looking at Maya's and then goes uh, to look at a picture of his mom sent him with her, his sister, and little brother in Icehound jerseys. He then grows sadder and starts packing his bag, wanting to go home. Before he finished, though, Maya dropped by after school, who is checking on him and dropping off his homework. She asks him why he's ditching, and he admits that the team hates him, and he just wants to be happy. He sh- She says that he should take a break from hockey and try other things. She kisses him on the cheek, and Cam smiles, and she asks him if she'll see him at school tomorrow, which he says yes. The next day, Cam is seen dangling on the railing uh, where Luke and the twins were the day before. He waits for someone to pass by and jumps off, hitting the ground. He is seen by Miss O, who calls the hospital. He is seen uh, leaving the hospital with Dallas with a broken arm. Maya arrives and Dallas tells her that Cam is going to be out of hockey for six to eight weeks. Dallas leaves and Cam and Maya have a conversation. She confronts him, asking him if he did it on purpose. He tells her he's not one of those people who hurts himself, who hurts themselves and tells her that she makes him happy and they kiss. So 
what did you think about Cam kind of going to a next extreme of hurting himself? For, let's go Jensen first. I mean, it's just really sad. It's just like more and more of these just red flags, just, you know, but it's one of those things too, where people are just kind of, most people don't understand what he's going through. So like, they just, they're not, it's hard because it, as a viewer, it's like, it seems so obvious at this point, You're, you yeah. know, but from the other character standpoints, it's like, but he's still this good looking guy who's great at hockey and like blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, man, you're, now you're going off and breaking your arm on purpose, basically. It's just so you don't have to play hockey. Like, I just really wish he would have just quit hockey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I know it's tough when, and, and they really do a great job establishing how hard of a decision that would be for him when he, he is getting pictures of his family wearing the jerseys and like, in and everybody's so, such a big fan of his and, and everyone just expects him to be this great hockey player. And it's something he's really good at, but like, he doesn't actually like doing. Um, so yeah, it just, it's just sadder and sadder. And like, then when you realize like he's willing to jump off that thing, like what's, what's, what's next, you know, you just, you know, and that just, it just got really dark. Yeah, oh, definitely. And like on top of that, even if you were to quit hockey, then that means giving up Maya too, because hockey's the only thing keeping him at the school. And right. I, I, I really like uh, how you put it that like, from our perspective, it's obvious that something's very wrong with Cam and something needs to be done, but no one else could see it that way. Like Maya, she just sees it as Cam's going through a rough patch and just needs to make a couple changes and he'll be happy. And then on Dallas's side, he thinks Cam just needs some tough love. He just needs to be whipped into shape. Like, you know, uh, running him back and forth on the rink seemed to help because now uh, he's... Uh, like helping with them win games now and you know oh he, he just needs uh, a little bit of tough love and then he'll be happy to talk to the press and stuff but no one else can see what's happening yeah it's a, it's a lot going on that's going on really in his head and then we move into kind of doll's parts which is a two another two-parter uh so my maya and cam are kind of in this weird place they've been going out for a month uh maya mentions that they've only kissed about six times so she tries to heat things up when they're doing homework in cam's room she takes off her shirt to kind of like uh heat things up between them which cam doesn't know how to respond to there's this awkward moment where she tries to put the shirt back on and she falls <laughs> off the bed uh later at school after asking for girl advice from tori maya decides to have a makeover so she would look prettier for cam and possibly compete in a, a beauty pageant after tori and tristan finish she she asks as if cam would like it uh tristan replies that he'd be crazy not to she goes to cam's locker and asks him uh, about her new look he asks her why she is dressed like that and laughs when she tells him that she is thinking about doing a beauty pageant, saying it's not her thing. Upset and almost in tears, she yells that she doesn't know what he wants anymore and runs into the music room. Zig finds Maya crying and alone, and she explains to him that Cam laughed, and he tells her to compete in the beauty pageant because she should want she should uh, she should want to not because of what Cam thinks. After the pageant, though, uh, Maya calls Cam and breaks up with him, ending their first relationship. So. This is kind of a, a, a sad part, but um, 
we move into uh, Dolls and Dolls Parts Part Two, where kind of you can see kind of Maya kind of getting closer to Zig as she prepares for the beauty pageant, which uh, he. Uh, he actually spots Cam, and um, she mentions that they broke up, and he apolo he apologized, asking why she didn't tell him. She says she didn't feel like broadcasting it to the world, and then he asked if things would be awkward. She says no, and he leaves. Cam comes up and, and says that he messed up, and then asks for a second chance, and if she still likes him, Maya says she liking him was never the problem. He asks what's wrong, and she says he doesn't like her. He says that's crazy, but uh, she says that Zig tells Tori she's pretty all the time, and he never says it once to her. Uh, Cam says he didn't know he had to. She says he doesn't have to, but he apologizes and tells her he's not smooth like Zig, but he really doesn't. He really does think she's pretty. And Maya asks why he never wants to kiss her, and he sighs and says he he would try harder. She asks if he doesn't have to try, and that Katie was waiting for her. And then she walks away. We get into the whole uh, like beauty pageant where Zig helps Maya, and Zig takes this as a chance to kiss Maya. They kiss at the beauty pageant while Zig is still going out with Tori. Uh, Maya feels guilty and regretful when she is about to uh, admit her flaw for a portion of the beauty pageant. She freezes and just calls herself a bitch on stage, and then runs <laughs> off the stage. She goes to Cam's uh, to Cam's house, and uh, in tears tells him he was right and that pageants are stupid, and asks if he could. Configure give her he does the next day at lunch cam maya tori and zig are all sitting together discussing the pageant that tori won from her speech and maya says she earned it they both apologize to each other because they got cat a catty during the beauty pageant and tori mentions that she can't believe maya lost and that she looks so pretty and cam says that she always looks pretty before kissing her hand as zig looks on very very jealous the bell rings and maya stays behind telling zig she regrets the kiss and that she was confused and caught up in the pageant and then leaves with cam before where they share a quick kiss right in front of Zig. So what did you think, Vamp, of this love triangle being formed here through the buddy pageant with Zig, Maya, and Cam? Uh, it was a really good story, like on so many levels. It's a good story to show, like, uh, you know, beauty pageants aren't, aren't just the vapid, uh, superficial uh Thing that you know typically is shown uh it, it's a really good moment for both her and tori like a, especially tori responding to sort of feeling a little challenge in her area like what she considers to be her thing and then uh zig 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 zig, zig. uh <laughs> but uh more towards cam like it, it was really it I think it's really good on multiple levels because on the one hand, you've also, you've got like, you know, a first romance where they don't like Cam doesn't really know what he's supposed to do. And he also is used to Maya as a person. He's not like, a, he knows that she doesn't really care to kind of like dress the way Tori does and like do the beauty pageant thing and all the makeup. Uh, so he's confused when suddenly she seems interested in that. And then, like he also doesn't really know how to show affection because again it's his first romance but then i also uh, can't imagine that he doesn't really feel the desire to show like physical affection to maya because uh, of his depression and how caught up he is with his own stuff so it's kind of like he like to, in his mind he forgets to show how he feels about her yeah and, and there was a few things too where like 
when when Maya's talking about wanting to do the the pageant, um, part of me wants to be like, damn, Cam, like with all everything you're going through, you you feel like Cam would be like, oh yeah, you should do that. Like if that's yeah. gonna make you happy, you should do this stuff yeah. that makes you happy. Like and like instead, it kind of forces like a, a rift between them. And then uh, <clears throat> something else that I kind of I don't know if this is how it is or not, but it's something I've, I've kind of think about when I see uh, the stuff with Cam not kissing her and stuff is part of me thinks that like also maybe when you're like going through depression to the level that he is like like you were saying Bamp, maybe a big part of it is just like he is dealing with a lot of this stuff and just doesn't know how to act but another part of it could be like he's already feeling so low that like if you were to go in for a kiss and get rejected or something that would just put him at like rock bottom you know what i mean mm -hmm. so it's like i think he might also be just afraid to like fully express himself because like every time he does anything even as little as wearing boxes with clover leaves on it he gets roasted and feels bad about it so like imagine how he'd feel if he tried to kiss this girl that he likes and she like pulled away or whatever you know what i mean like yeah. it would it would crush him um so uh so yeah just unfortunate the zig stuff like yeah just, but 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 a good good story though like you said <laughs> yeah good story but zig man you're not doing yourself any favors this this is establishing that zig uh it's not very good in relationships and not very good with maya in general um no, but no, no, no. <laughs> over the next couple of episodes they kind of just established that cam's arm has finally healed uh he's being tutored by ali she helps him get a c plus on uh his chemistry test uh in tonight tonight that's when maya finally admits to to uh cam that while they were broken up she kissed zig he says this sucks and walks away cam shows that he is trying to hide the fact that he is upset with maya's news and pretending to be happy on the outside at the battle of the bands maya is worried about because cam hasn't been answering any of her calls and backstage at the battle of the bands maya yells at zig saying how she loves cam and doesn't want to be with zig and uh that's when it's revealed to tori that they also kiss uh when she's on on the stage to sing with whisper hug she notices cam in the audience cheering her on sending her good luck and cam is proud of maya for her performance and wanted to support her just like she did at his hockey games cam talks to maya after the show and they talk about their relationship he tells maya he's not gonna let her go that easily and they share a very long kiss together then in the degrassi las vegas special we kind of see them just together briefly he says that he's leaving toronto over spring break to visit his family and then it's the it's the episodes that Vamp said she blocked out from her mind. It's bittersweet yep. symphony. Uh, part one is the official final episode of Cam. So Cam arrives at the beginning back to Degrassi after his trip back home to visit his family. And Maya immediately runs over to him, jumps in his arms, excited to see him. It's spirit week. Uh, they And they find out that they're going to be on different teams and that Maya is on the same team as Zig. But once the game starts, jealous and paranoid, Cam elbows Zig in the eye and axes him for a fight. Maya and Dallas both attempt to break up the fight, but all four are sent to the principal's office. When uh, Mr. Simpson is interrogating them, uh, he wants an explanation. And uh, when Cam tries to say that it was an accident, Zig pushes for Maya's input, and she puts the blame on Cam, getting him suspended for the rest of the week. Dallas is frustrated with Cam and gives him a lecture on how he is being selfish, and Dallas pushes him and demands he stops crying in public because it's embarrassing. <clears throat> 
Dallas walks away, leaving Cam alone in the hallway, feeling depressed. He runs into a random classroom where he throws his backpack and kicks a desk out of anger. He doesn't notice that his tutor, Allie, is in the room working on a chant for her Spirit Week team. Uh, Cam cries to her about how he messed everything up, and he wishes he could go to sleep and never wake up. Allie doesn't see the signs that he is upset and needs help, but she does her best she can and gives him advice to patch things up with his girlfriend. Uh, this in line goes with with Allie and Dallas relationship because at the time Dallas was really pushing to go out with Allie and then hearing how Dallas treated Cam kind of puts them farther apart again. Uh, later on, Cam shows up at the Matlin ho uh, house and then he brings Maya uh, flowers and she convinces him to stay for a while. They're cuddling on the couch when Katie comes, uh, tells him that Cam has to go home, but they convince her to let Cam stay over for a sleepover. In the morning, Cam leaves and sends Maya a video message saying that he is gone due to an early hockey practice and plans to meet Maya later in front of the school. Cam is sitting on the front steps. Uh, he has like the little doll that um, that Maya has. He took it from her so she would meet up with him. And then Zig walks by. He ends up calling Cam a psycho, saying that he and Maya won't last because of it, and this deeply upsets Cam. And as a result, he calls off. Uh, he calls it off with Maya via text message, saying that I'm not coming. Sorry, it's over. Maya suspected that he meant their relationship was over, but he was actually referring to his life. Cam mysteriously disappears and is not at the steps anymore where he was supposed to meet Maya. And due to his mental illness and everything that has happened so far, Cam has an emotional breakdown and commits suicide in the Degrassi's greenhouse that night. So we start Bittersweet Symphony Part 2. Ellie, uh, Eli and Claire uh, came, come upon the body in the school's greenhouse where he, where he lies dead. Thankfully, they didn't show this. This is the difference yeah. between how they treated this storyline and why I criticize 13 Reasons Why. Oh. I know Vamp has as well. Mm -hmm. This is this yeah. is the difference between these two shows and how they treated these this storyline. But uh, they didn't show how Cam died, which was good. All students are affected in different ways from Cam's suicide, whether it's grieving, depression, guilt, denial, symphony, wondering, comedy, helpful, helpfulness, curiosity, relatable, uh, numbness, or any other way to cope with the tragedy. The student council uh, plans a candlelight visual for him, which Maya is asked to speak at. Uh, while she is writing her speech for the visual, she is reminiscing about Cam as she re-watches the video he sent to her after uh, leaving early after their sleepover at the candlelight visual maya speaks yes and calls his actions out in front of the entire school saying that cam has so many reasons to say and he chose not to and despite katie uh trying to explain cam was mentally uh, sick maya declares she would have helped him if she gave if he gave her a chance but he didn't maya then says that she refuses to cry or light any candles for him before she runs off Whew yeah heavy i mean there's so many like on one hand it's like you wish that these kids would have helped him throughout this thing but at the same time they are also like young kind of naive kids themselves like that aren't like professionals you know like that like so i you know part of me wants to blame all, all the people around him but part of me is like how much do they know about this stuff at this oh, point yeah. in their life as well and then on top of it 
of all people to find him, it was Eli. And it's like the the like probably the last person. I mean, like no one wants to come across something like that, but like Eli with his history and like the deaths and you know the the darkness that he deals with, like he is the one who finds Cam too, which is just like the icing on the cake of like, wow, this is just a really, really bad thing that's just gonna it's gonna it's, you know it's just gonna affect a lot of people as well. Oh yeah. One thing I want to go back to uh what you were saying uh why no one helped him like something that i think also gets overlooked is cam never exactly asked for help either like he never reached out and was honest about how he felt like and not that he didn't try like he did tell people how he was feeling but i don't know if cam even really understood the degree of the stuff he was feeling and the severity of it especially because in that state you feel like well all your problems are your own and if you can't handle it well like only you are able to address it and uh, it's just such a tragedy there's so many different ways this could have been avoided but it wasn't really like some of it was uh the decisions people made and others were just like those options were never opened because of how things were yeah just such a bummer. Just such a sad, sad story to watch play out. It's such a likable guy. Like, I like Cam a lot. Oh, yes. I thought he was like a great character. Um, yeah. And it would have yeah. been a great, it would have been a great story and message if you would have gotten, uh, like, beaten the depression. Yeah. And like, and we, but at the same time, in all honesty, though, for Shelly Degrassi, I do like that they went there. Oh, that's the whole tagline for the show. Degrassi, it goes there. But it, it 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 went it went because like it, this is a thing that does happen in real life. So like you know they they did depict a very realistic scenario with him too. So like I think maybe that maybe this story saved a lot of you know real lives at the same time that that watched this. You know, so I, I, yeah. I from as a fan, it's like I like that they went there with this for the for like the real life scenarios and messages this puts out and maybe helping people for real. But as like a fan at the same time, it's like man, it would have been great to see him just yeah. turn it around. Yeah. One, one of the reasons why, like like we were saying, like Cam, he was so likable and like you like him as a fan and then the people around him like him. I, that's one of the reasons why I'm glad they came back to a suicide storyline. Uh, they had done this in Degrassi High, like I mentioned before, but they did it with a character that we didn't really see too much of. He was basically Caitlin's boyfriend for a time. And that was about it. And then he comes back in season two, uh, just before uh, he commits suicide. And I feel like there was a lot of disconnect between me as an audience member and him to where it kind of hit differently. Like, because we weren't really in his head very much. Whereas here, we get a front row seat to understand what Cam's going through and how much, like, how much like uh how it can like the stuff that leads you to suicide affects you and then also doing it with someone so likable where you're rooting for them it 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 makes it feel less like it's happening and more like you're involved in some way yeah that's a really good point that's very true 
Yeah, and then, like, you know, we won't go too much into, like, the ripple effect, but this affects every character kind of differently. Like, Eli has PTSD uh, that he has to deal with. He starts doing, like, drugs for a while after this. Dallas, this really starts his redemption story, kind of, like, because he realized that he kind of handled this whole situation wrong the entire time and it really starts his like growth as a character zig feels an enormous amount of guilt for what he said to cam prior to his uh to his committing suicide and you know it kind of it kind of like you think it's gonna bring zig and maya together and it really separates them and zig goes off and goes on his own journey and then it really affects Zig's and Maya's relationship for the rest of the time because then Maya feels like she has to save Zig and it affects every single relationship Maya has from oh, yeah. from Miles to Zig it, and it still gets brought up until Degrassi the next class season three mm-hmm. when she's talking to Saeed when she's like going through her kind of depression and everything after the school uh the school of the bus crashes it's like so much ripple effect from a character that was just in one season that's why i'm very happy that you chose cam to talk about them yeah it's and it's really a credit to the writers like just how well that they're that they showed the far-reaching tendrils of this one instance for a lot of characters they do eventually move on after this season but especially for someone for like maya and zig it still affects them especially maya in everything she does after season 12 you can trace it back to cam truly truly like it it definitely is like the kind of the common theme that she always is worried whenever she texts a boyfriend or someone that she's close to and they don't answer she's always worried because in the back of her mind she remembers cam oh yeah i i think uh, one of the best uh, ways they showed that without saying it directly was uh in season 14 when maya was having the nightmare of uh, miles hanging off the uh banister that cam jumped from like being afraid oh miles is just another cam i need to i need to right my wrongs and i need to actually save him this time otherwise it's just gonna happen all over again yes uh it's 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 a lot of stuff that comes out of this but yeah, this is probably the more the most impactful storyline. I would say this Cam's character's arc as well as Adam's character arc are like the two most important from like season 12 on and those those last three seasons of Next Generation. Yeah, I I hate to say it cuz like I season 12 to me is like basically perfect. I love everything about it. there's so much good to it. But I think the defining thing to season 12 is Cam's storyline. It just stands above everything else. He, he's, I think it's pretty safe to say he's the most impactful character for the shortest amount of time of anyone in like the history of the yeah. show. Like someone who had such a short run, but affected so many characters in such a short amount of time. Oh, yeah. Everyone, every so often I uh, skip through the episodes to like uh, remember things. And I always forget how few episodes he is in. It, it, it seems like it goes on a lot longer than it does. Yeah. Well, Vamp, next time we have you on here, because there definitely has to be a next time, because you are phenomenal on this show. Like, this is incredible. Next time we'll pick a topic that's, like, funny and (laughs) lighthearted. We'll have have, have, have a a good time. 
Well, I did. I did save one because uh, you know I I talked about earlier with uh, Bam's opinion on Spinner and Emma and how I'm very passionate on the other side of that. I didn't also bring up that uh, she has been positive about Jensen's, in his opinion, the worst character, which he doesn't even call by her full name. He calls her Trashly, Trashly Curran. Yeah, he, I I want to I want to hear the difference in opinion with you, Vamp, or Ashley Curry and Jensen. I saved that, so we're we're gonna leave yeah. that as a cliffhanger for the next time that we have you on here on Degrassi Dudes. Oh. But please, Vamp, it's, it's funny. <laughs> Shots it, it, fired. It's 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 honestly become more of a meme than anything else. Like she's a character, just like kind of a little unlikable, but we've just taken it so far that direction. There, there are far worse characters than her. Obviously, like yeah. we did, we did like the tier list, and you know, there's, of course, like Luke's out there, and yeah. like uh, Damien's there, and stuff. But like, what about Damien? Did you like Damien? We didn't like Damien. Yeah, we no. thought he was too much of a of a player. To, yeah, to... they're no fun to hate. Like, uh, cause it's just like, yeah. yeah, they're bad. So what? But you know, at least it's fun to hate on Ashley, and it's fun to disagree <laughs> about Ashley. Yes. Yes, exactly. that'll be fun. We'll do that next time. We'll we'll we'll, we'll have Vamp on next time for an Ashley an Ashley Kerwin discussion. I think that oh, would be that, that'd be interesting. That'd that's be, that'd be the, a lot that's of fun. gonna be the ultimate deep dive on Ashley oh, Kerwin. That's, that, that's great. I so, always think but, of myself as uh, the one Claire defender. I guess I'm now the one Ashley defender. <laughs> you are, you are, because I, I'm 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 with you on Claire. I, I love me some Claire. I feel like she's the face of the of the series from like season eight on. They kind yeah. of like make her the face but please Vamp, let everyone know where they can find you on social media your youtube channel and thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me like ah i really appreciate it i'm really flattered uh you if you want to check me out you can find me at twitter uh my channel is called not a vampire i'm sometimes on twitter no oh i'm on you my channel on youtube is not a vampire i'm on twitter at not vampire um yeah, uh, check me out, especially if you like Degrassi, and then sometimes other stuff like musicals, deep dives, and an analysis into that. Yes, you do some great work, and we're going to have it on the screen for you uh, right now, me and Jensen in the background while this interview plays. But thank you so much for joining us. And this is just part one, because we're going to have you back on for yes. sure. This was a great conversation, and we appreciate you coming on. Oh, this is a lot of fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you so much. And then back to me and Jensen on the live one. So see you in a bit. Yo. <laughs> What's up? Hope y'all enjoyed that. That was a solid like hour and a half of uh, just, in my opinion, just some really, really, really great deep dive conversation about a really interesting character. And we had a really, really interesting guest. And we've already set it up for next time because next time we have Vamp on, we can talk about Ashley Kerwin. So that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And you guys were great in the live chat. CEM, uh, Power Driver Finisher, Border Dude, kind of talking. I was in the live chat with you guys, chatting about everything. I love Avery saying that his boss heard heard him watching us and said, oh, go along as long as the work is done. And yes, Border Dude, that was a good 
therapy session to kind of get through and have the conversation that was needed to be have about Cam's character because he he touched on a lot of different t- uh, subjects and you know um, you know suicide is very serious and you know it's all about seeing the signs in the person so it was very you know great to kind of do a deep dive and take a step back and look at it from the bigger picture yes absolutely so that'll do it for this episode hope y'all enjoyed um sp3 plug the stuff that you got going on and once again we will not be here next friday but we will return the following friday um and we'll probably do a watch along next the the following friday too on on twitch afterwards as well this week we won't do that because we had you know we gave you two hours here on on youtube so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we, we usually do an hour and then we give you the hour on uh, Twitch to do the watch along. But I think we went deep enough into the episodes about Cam that we don't need to do the watch along today. Plus, me and Jensen are both have something to do in preparation of Mania Week. But you can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. I've been all over the place this week. You, you can see me on the NXT review over on the Wrestle Talk podcast YouTube channel with Sat. Eden Yangi and Tempest. You can see my uh my my review of AEW Dynamite along with Jimmy Macaram over on True Hill Heat AE Ramble number 35, the agony and the ecstasy, as well as me and Will Washington talking about AEW Dynamite right here on the Fightful Overbook YouTube channel from yesterday's day after Dynamite. Earlier today, I was with uh, Jeremy Lambert for FMC. We discussed trash reality shows, NBA, Entourage. Go over and subscribe. Please subscribe if you haven't already to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. We have a huge week of WrestleMania content. You're going to see some familiar faces like this gentleman right here. You're going to see a bunch of faces from Fightful as well as Fightful Overbook. So go over and subscribe and check us out tomorrow, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time, True Hill Heat, 168. Myself, Miss Chrissy Love, we will be discussing the latest wrestling news as well as previewing. You'll see the full lineup of special guests that we have for WrestleMania week. So can't wait for that. And also on True Hill Heat, uh, in about one hour at 1 p.m. Eastern time, Miss Chrissy Love and Stephanie Hypes for the debut edition of Serving Face and Heels, something I'm very excited to debut on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. So that's all my plugs. Yeah, so a lot going on. Uh, next thing I got up is, uh, I think my next thing is Fightful Select Weekend or Podcast. That's this Sunday. Um, I, do tr- uh, I do live rounds every th- uh, Tuesday night, <clears throat> 10 p.m. Eastern with Doug. Me and Jesse will do some sort of WrestleMania preview show on her YouTube channel, Jesse Davin. Yes. And uh, I'll be doing the Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor review for Fightful on the main channel. Uh, that'll be this Friday after Supercard of Honor for Ring of Honor. So um, there's a, a lot of stuff coming up, and there's a whole lot of other stuff I haven't even mentioned. Uh, the Spotlight every Tuesday, or every Thursday with uh, myself and Jeremy Lambert. That's 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, every Thursday. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. Uh, enjoy wrestling this week. This is the best time of year to be a wrestling fan. You got mania, you got the collective, you got ring of honor, you got WrestleCon, you got a whole bunch of stuff. Impact wrestling is running shows. Everyone's running shows and uh, IWTV. There's going to be some stuff on there as well. So like just use code fight talk on IWTV, by the way, and follow me on Twitter at fight talk underscore. That's well. Keep everything updated on what I got going on this week. And really whenever I got anything going on, I'll put it there on my Twitter. Um, so yeah, want to sign us off, SP3? 
Yes, once again, a huge thank you to Not a Vampire. Go out of your way. Check out our content. The It's in the description below for this. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. Thank you so much for joining us on Degrassi Dudes this week. We will see you in two weeks. Enjoy WrestleMania week. And, of course, like, comment, share, subscribe. And this has been Degrassi Dudes. Peace.